Welcome to the $100 Heiress, the only podcast that shares with you the raw and uncut journey of what it really takes to go from rags to riches. Prepare to learn how to transform your dream into your reality through hard work and tips that you won't receive anywhere else. So let's get into today's show. Great episode, Black Magic. Looking forward to the next one. Poetic Flow here. Have a great one. Hey there, this is Yvette from Tweet Trends. I wanted to start by saying thank you for sharing the link for your podcast in the thread that I put on the Facebook Anchor Community page. Um, I really enjoyed, I'm assuming that you wrote a book about all of this and you're reading pages from the book or maybe from a journal or memoirs or something, but I really enjoyed uh, listening to it and I look forward to future episodes and I hope everything uh, has gotten better since the the day that you were saying that just didn't work out. You know, I I can relate. I understand. So thanks again. And like I said, I look forward to more episodes in the future. He was a husband, a son, a preacher, but yet practiced black magic, an entrepreneur, millionaire, adulterer, felon, drug trafficker, and suspected murderer whom to present day is the connecting piece to the disappearance of three unsolved missing women cases in Florida. He was also my father. Hello, my heirs. How are y'all doing? Well, it's Monday. And you know what time it is here on the $100 Heiress Podcast. It's more pages from my mother's memoir, The Artificial Tree. Now, just like last time, names of persons involved with actual real-life encounters with Cleveland Hill Jr., my father, will be withheld out of respect for those families. Because the cases are, they're missing persons. So they're still ongoing. There's children now. There's grandchildren. So I just want to, I don't want to, not only I don't want to disrespect any memories by saying the real name, but the real stories are on online. You Google my father, Cleveland Hill Jr., and the real names of the missing persons will pop up. But I am not disclosing those. So let's get started. Cleveland Hill Jr. began his life as a Pentecostal minister after remarrying Betty Jean Hillman, my mother. As I said in previous podcasts, my mom felt that it was God's will that she remarry the man who tried to kill her and her mother, because that is what the message of her church was convincing her. My father was making a name for himself as the fiery preacher. In church, he brought the word of God, word of Jesus Christ to lost souls. He gave the weary strength to keep keeping on. He gave to the hungry. He prayed for the sick. 
My mom said the person he was in church was totally different than what he was at home. But people trusted him and came to hear him preach from all over Florida. Again, I say, he had the power to draw others in to whatever he wanted them to believe and feel. So maybe Cleveland Hill Jr. was a changed man. Did he get born again in prison, I asked my mom. I can't tell you that, as only God knows the heart of man. But what I can tell you, my mom said, is that Cleve was the same Cleve that shot me at home. Abusive, possessive, jealous, and just downright mean. But that behavior wasn't just towards her, but now being demonstrated towards his six-year-old son. I am told that Terry's childhood was extremely different than mine's and our younger brother. As not even a voice was ever even raised to us by my father, ever. But my older brother's story of his life with our father is his story to tell. So I will leave that up to him to do so if he chooses. Nevertheless, to say my mom stayed in this marriage and I was born in 1973, as well as the birth of my father's successful construction company. Everything Cleveland Hill Jr. was touching was becoming successful. The church, his business. My mom said it was his first taste of feeling quote unquote powerful. And it was only the beginning. She recalls a time when he was walking through the house and he paused in front of a huge house plant that sort of resembled a tree. He leaned in to touch the leaves and seemed shocked that it wasn't real. He said in surprisement to my mom, this plant looks so real, but it's artificial, as if he was disgusted. He said, I even had to touch and smell it to be sure. It's an artificial plant in our house. And he chuckled. My dad then said, I'm going to make a sermon about this. See how things just come to me just like that. And so he did that Sunday. He preached a message titled The Artificial Tree. In the church pews, my mom couldn't help but to think to herself, isn't that foretelling? Cleve loved being adored in the church. I mean, he loved adornment, period. But that wasn't enough for him. And having a doting wife wasn't enough either. The church is where his first affair began. She was a married older woman, yes, married, with kids that attended the same church my dad belonged to. I asked my mom, did she know about it? And she didn't at that time. So my dad would get up, 
preaches fiery sermons on Sunday, people getting saved and healed and delivered, then go meet up with his mistress and the next few cities over, whom was part of his congregation. However, somehow, some way, her husband found out and went to the bishop of the church. After this revelation, the bishop silenced my father. You can imagine this didn't go over well. So Cleve, with his pride, left the church. His affair didn't continue either after her family confronted her. Now this is hearsay, my mother said, as she can only tell me what others were gossiping about in the church after my dad left. Yes, my mom did stay a member there. It said whom my dad was having an affair with told him it was over after they had been found out. That same week in June, year of 1974, this woman went to the store and was never seen or heard from again.